Because in life it's so easy to just settle. It's so easy to just to take those steps back or not go forward. Yeah. And I found for me personally, the only way I can stay motivated is by continuing to read, continuing to grow, and continuing to hang out with people who are far more successful than me. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Welcome back to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast. If this is your first time listening, where the heck have you been? But I'm so glad you've joined us today. And if you're a regular listener, welcome back. On this show, I interview local business owners, entrepreneurs, and influencers, and help them share their origin stories. Hearing their journeys really helps me to have hope that I can face challenges and find success. And so I hope it does the same for you too. Guys, today I am thrilled to introduce you to my guest. He is the kind of guy that everyone wants to be their friend. He's dedicated his life to improve the lives of the special needs community. And I'm so excited for him to share his journey with you of leading journeys. So welcome, Andy Crossman. Thanks, Renee. I'm so glad to be here with you today. Well, I appreciate you being on the show. You have such a fun story because the story is you have been able to work in this industry and now recently purchase where you have worked. And so I think it's going to be interesting to the listeners. But for those who don't know, tell us a little bit about what Journeys DDA is and what you guys do and what is your role here? Perfect. So first and foremost, Journeys is a developmental disability agency. So we're referred to as, as a DDA. And as that, we serve special needs kids and adults in a few different capacities. Um, we do behavioral and social skills training. We do community inclusion and recreation. And then we also provide vocational services where we help them get jobs out in the community and then support them in those jobs. And so you have currently how many locations? Where are you at? So we're located in Rexburg, Rigby, Idaho Falls, Pocatello, and Twin Falls. And Twin. I didn't know you were also in Twin. So you guys have gotten, you, you're growing. We are growing, yeah. All right, so what is your role here, Andy? What are you, are you the owner now? Yeah, what so is I, this? I, yeah, so as of 2020, I am now the owner of Journeys. Uh, Journeys has been around for a long time. Um, but yeah, I've been the, the director of Journeys over the last 10 years. And uh, in January, my wife and I were, were able to purchase the company. So did you know one day you would own Journeys? Like, did you join the company with the idea that this would sometime be yours? So in originally joining the company, no, I knew it was something I loved and something I wanted to do. Um, but I've been able to work with the previous owners over the last four years as far as their retirement transition plan. So for the last four or five years, we did know that in 2020, we would be the owners. Yeah. But at some point during that journey, you were kind of like, yes, this is going to, we're going to help. They're teaching me. Yes. Uh -huh. And, uh, and it was clear from when I became the director at Journeys that this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And you know what that feels like when something clicks in and you go, yes, this is right. For me, Journeys was that just that, that perfect fit. So tell me why, what was your background? Had you, had you been in the developmental disability co community? What had you been doing? So it's kind of a funny story. So if we actually go way back, in hindsight, it looks like my whole life had been preparing me for this. 
So I have my older brother is significantly disabled, has grand mal seizures every day, has a behavioral disorder. There, we grew up in this small community where there wasn't a day program for him, where school wasn't able to meet his needs. And so my parents became entrepreneurs. They actually started a, a daycare uh, in our house. They bought a home where they could have 50 kids come run around in every wow. day. We lived in the upstairs so they could be there for my brother when he couldn't make it through a whole day of school where they could provide supports for him after school. And so I grew up in this congregate setting environment and helping to care for my brother. Yeah. And now I look at what I'm doing for Journey. It's, it's <laughs> this, like, it's this entrepreneurial adventure with congregate settings for people with disabilities, right? Yeah, right. Um, so in hindsight, it, it, it looks like it was meant to be. My, my undergraduate degree was in business marketing. I always wanted to be in business. I love the people side of things. But I always thought that would be more in, in sales or international business. Sure. And, um, I've since gone on and got my degree in behavior analysis. And I've, I've, I've gone all the way down this path. Uh, but it certainly wasn't a straight line to get there, um, even if it looks like that in hindsight. Yeah, yeah. Because you have been like, how long have you, you've been in this industry for 10 years? Or were you doing something similar to this before you joined Journeys? Yeah, so while I was going to school, I came to East Idaho to go to school at BYU-Idaho. And while I was there, I was working in the car business, detailing cars. And then also I became, I believe, the first community support worker for Journeys in Rexburg. Okay. So I put myself through school um, working with cars and then working with Journeys clients. And when I graduated, the money was in cars. So I went on to manage a car dealership and did that for a while. But it was clear that wasn't my passion. That wasn't my path. Yeah. And the instant, you know, response was, I need to go back to Journeys. Uh, thankfully, my wife was the one who pointed that out to me. Um, and yeah, the rest is history from are. there. Yeah. yeah. So talk to me about that. How does a college student decide that that's the type of work that they want to do? It seems like maybe it, you were naturally drawn to that because you'd had a little brother that mm -hmm. had, had special needs. Yeah. So, But, you know, for some people thinking about the developmentally delayed community, that's a little bit like they don't know how to navigate that. Oh, and yeah. so how do you, what kind of employee are you looking for to come and work for you? And what kind of special qualities do they have to have in order to work with this very particular and wonderful population? Perfect. Yeah. Because we have one of those bless your heart jobs here, right? <laughs> People hear what we do and they go, oh, bless your heart. Because this isn't an industry for most people. And not that it's too physically taxing or it, it, it's emotionally difficult. Yeah, right. Right. It really takes stretching yourself, leaving your comfort zone, breaking down those barriers and preconceived notions and, and seeing people for their potential, seeing beyond their behavior, beyond their cognitive level. Um, a lot of I talk to a lot of BYU-Idaho students who say, well, I want to go into your field. What's the thing I should study or what grade point average do I need? And I always tell them, it's, I care so much more about the kind of person you are than necessarily what you studied. Yeah. Now, the right degree is the quickest pathway to get there, right? Because in the medical field, you have to have the right degree. But really, it's about being the right kind of person. And what kind of person is that? Uh, patient, caring, compassionate, and, and hardworking. Um, I know a lot of the entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast get really frustrated with newer employees that don't have that solid work ethic. 
coming to Journeys, it, it's work. It's yeah. not a place where you can just sit on your phone and, and wait till something happens. Right, there's somebody depending on you. Yeah, and you've got to come to work to work, to be engaged, to, to be having that f- personal interaction for six or eight hours at a time. Yeah. Um, and and that, that's a skill that has to be honed, that has to be developed. I understand how you definitely need to be able to develop these employees and make sure that you're picking the right person. But if I was thinking about, like, how would I know? Like, is it because I'm, 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 like you said, compassionate and caring? It, what's challenging to me is this patience thing because yeah. behaviors are, can be so challenging. Can people be taught how to manage that? Absolutely, absolutely. And we all have to learn that with our own kids, right? It, right. Yeah, so an acronym we teach our staff is actually Q-TIP, Q-T-I-P, which is quit taking it personally. When you come to work for us, part of you know your job description, your job security is that you are going to be working with individuals with behavioral disorders or with, with other deficits or with other challenges that we need to address every day. Um, and we come in and we see those. Now, we see so many miracles too. We see so many other great things and that's the part we all love about our job that we remember, but we're gonna have tough days. And don't we all, no matter what field you're in, you need to be able to engage with your customers or clients. You need to be able to stay focused on what their needs are. And when you can figure that out, no matter what your industry, that's the magic. Well, and I think that's exactly right. And it's part of the magic of creating. We can't create good employees, but we can create an environment where they can really rise and helping them. I love that Q-tip acronym because not taking it personally and realizing that it is a service that you it's kind of especially here, I would imagine it's a real blessing to be a part of these guys' lives. It really is. And People ask me a lot, what's my favorite part about my job? I I mentioned earlier, we see miracles happen with our clients. They're all doing things that doctors and teachers and professionals and parents didn't think they'd be able to do one day. That's almost like, eh, that's expected. (laughs) What I love seeing is the impact that it has on our staff. Yeah, for life. Yes, Uh you can't come and be a part of an agency like Journeys and not have it change you. Right. So you talk a little bit about behavioral intervention. How does behavioral intervention apply to your staff's personal growth and success? Perfect. I'm glad you asked because we, we're running these behavior plans, right? Every day where we're teaching skills and practicing skills again and again and reinforcing the right, the right behaviors. But ultimately, behavior is behavior, right? Behavioral interventions aren't something for just kids with autism. We all have behaviors. We all have behaviors. <laughs> we all have goals. We're coming up on, on January 1st, but we're going to set these resolutions and, and these goals. And if we don't have a plan, if we don't have action steps, if we don't have accountability and measurement, we don't achieve them. So one of the things that we work as at here as a company is how are we going to improve our staff? What are we gonna do with our training, with our supervision, with all of those things too, to help them improve in their skills and abilities also? And so it's kind of um, like, it's a bonus when they come and work for you because you're improving them as a person. Yeah, hopefully they see what effective behavior change looks like every day. And that, that carries on to their, their marriage life. and their parent, their parenting and every other aspect of their life. Yeah, that's awesome. You talked a little bit about your brother and mm-hmm. how in your own, your parents didn't have an environment like this. I, 
I hear, like you didn't necessarily say it in these words, but your brother really is your why as to why you're doing this. Absolutely. And he stays your motivation. Like when you think about the clients that you're caring for, is that who is in the front of your mind? Yeah, absolutely. I like to think that that's the benchmark for our services, right? Is, is this somewhere where I want Eric to go? Is this an activity I'd want him to do? Is this staff I would want working with him? And it, that really helps us get past dollars and ratios and all of those things ultimately is, would this work for Eric? Is this something my family would want to? Do you think that helps to set you apart in this industry? I think so. I, I'm blessed to be in an industry that isn't necessarily too competitive, where we all cheer for each other's success, where there aren't, there's not a bad agency in town, right? But everyone kind of has their flavor. And I like to think that that definitely contributes to what it is that, that makes Journeys different. Yeah. Yeah. It's a personal thing for you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Journeys is known for the four I's. Yes. Can you please explain to listeners what those are and how they guide your business? Yeah. So we exist in, in a space where there's a lot of nonprofits, where a lot of people talk about mission statements and all of these things. We tried to stay away from a sentence or a paragraph that described us, but rather four key values. Uh, and those four core values are uh, independence, individuality, uh, inclusion, and finally, integrity. And if I can just talk about each one real quick. Yeah. So independence is first and foremost, right? We want everybody who comes to our services to be more independent. Now, a lot of our clients are always going to need paid caregivers in their life, but we can change their life so that they can make and self-direct a little more of their life every day. For individuality, we want to focus on who are they as a person? And Often in the disability field, we talk about what people can't do and what they aren't. You want to have a really awful conversation with me? Talk to me about all the things I can't do. Yeah, right. And all the things I'm never going to do. <laughs> and all the things that you, nobody wants to talk about what they can't do. So we want to keep that conversation really positive about what, what can each of our participants do? What are their interests? What are their passions in life? And we always want to start from that point. Uh, the next one is community inclusion. And when you talk about what really makes us stand out, I, I think that's it. Um, for a lot of individuals with disabilities, they went to school on a special bus in a special classroom with a special aide, with a special teacher at a special lunchtime, went to a special day program. And then once a year, their, their support team would get together and ask why they weren't a typical kid. They've never they, seen how typical. How can they be, right? right? <laughs> and so we really focus on what can we do well, first off, what would we be doing if they weren't at Journeys? Where would they be? Where would they want to work? What would they want to do for their activities? And we start with that question. Mm -hmm. As you know, so often asking the right questions is what gets us to the right endpoint. And our question is, if we weren't here, where would they want to be? What would they want to be doing? And we start with that. And that always comes from inclusion. Nobody says, I want to go to a day program. Yeah. So we practice doing all the things they would do without us. Yeah. And with that, when our clients graduate from our program, they go and work at the place they want to work at. They're out participating in community events where they want to be participating. And we see your clients out there. Like yeah, they're I in the so. community with yeah. us. Yeah. And finally, integrity. And when we talk to our staff about integrity, that's not just about accurate data collection or honestly filling out their time card. But integrity is about wholeness. It's about completeness. And so we want our staff to come every day and be complete, give 100%, be all of what they signed up to do. And we, when we show up every day and give 100% to our clients, we're gonna change lives. We're gonna do some great things. Yeah. 
Well, it's fun to hear you talk about this and be so passionate about it. You know, I think that some companies have not taken the time to really define their core values. They're, it's not that it's right or wrong. They just have not done that. And so yeah. why do you think it's important for a company to have core values and to live by them? Yeah, and uh, so as Journeys gets presented with opportunities of what we want to do, there's lots of people in this world that need help. We need to decide what is it that we want to do? How do we be true to what we're doing and be the best at that one thing? And be that a big, large company expansion decisions or be that with individual clients or hiring individual staff, we, we found we needed an anchor, anchor point to go back to. And those core values really have been our anchor point. If it doesn't help our clients be more independent, more included, or celebrate their individuality, it's it's not the right fit for us. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It just it just means it's not the right fit for us. Well, I think we see a lot of companies get lost in all, you know, I mean the the new shiny whatever thing, and without having that north star or those guiding principles, we really can get confused about what we're really here for. So, it's really refreshing to hear you talk about this is what this is what success looks like to us. These four yeah. principles, if we can meet these for our clients, then that's the right thing. And we stick with this and we don't go off into shiny new, you know, lands. If it doesn't meet these things, then it's not for us. Yeah. I love that Steve Jobs talked about he was most proud of the things that Apple didn't do. Yeah. And I think for us, we're really proud of the stuff that we've decided not to go in. Or some of the decisions that we decided not to do, even if it would make more money or, you know stroke our ego or something, if it didn't work towards one of those core values, we've decided we're just going to say no to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Do you see now be taking over as owner that that would be any different under your leadership? I, I hope not. Hopefully over the last 10 years, we've really been solidifying and crystallizing our identity with that's who we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So you talked about being currently in Rexburg, Rigby, Idle Falls, Twin, and Pocatello, mm -hmm. is that right? Yeah. What are the challenges that you face in having multiple locations and how do you ensure quality throughout all of those locations and your organization where they're not right here? Yeah, I, so that's a great question and one that's been hard to learn. When I first started at Journeys, we served less than 100 clients. We were just Rigby and Rexburg and it felt good. It was fun, It yeah. felt like home and everybody knew my name and I knew every one of our staff and I knew every one of our clients and every one of their parents. And part of us going and fulfilling those values was going and helping more people. Mm -hmm. And that's meant that I, I don't know all our staff. I don't know all those people. And I can't be there to train every single one of them. Yeah. And we've had to really rely on, first and foremost, hiring the right people. Um, having the right leadership at every center makes all the difference. And, help, and, and then second, to empower them. We take a lot of pride in that all of our site supervisors at any of our clinics have the power to make decisions on behalf of our company. We don't have to have a board meeting. We don't have to review their questions and get back to them in a month. They have the power to make decisions on our behalf because we trust them that much. Um, and then finally, we make sure that our, our training is congruent across the, across the company. Uh, we make sure everybody's got the same tools in their toolbox and that they all know how to implement it. and. Uh, and again, they can go to their supervisor with the confidence that they will be heard from our company. 
I, I love that. That sounds great. But does that always work out for you? You talk about trust and, you know, as an owner, we often, it, it, the ownership level will not be the same for somebody else as it is for the owner. And it's, it's ridiculous for us to think that they're going to have that level. So how do you choose individuals to lead your teams that you know you're going to be able to trust? Or is it all through this training? Is it just kind of this um, evolution with your teams? Yeah, we've definitely got it wrong a lot of times. Mm -hmm. um, we try to hire from within whenever we can so that they can really embrace our culture. And, and once we see that they thrive in our culture, we know that they're ready to move up to the next step. Um, and yeah, from there, it... It comes to a lot of holding people accountable, checking in on them, having open communication with them. Uh, but yeah, we've got it wrong a lot. And again, we hire for the right personality and we, we train. And we found if you're not a good fit for us, usually you remove yourself from us. Right? Yeah, right. We, we don't have to fire many people mm -hmm. because of the standard that we hold ourselves to, if they can't do that, they're gonna go, probably wanna go work somewhere else. And do they know that coming in? These are the standards that we expect you to adhere to. So if this doesn't feel good just reading it, you can't live it. <laughs> we, we hope it gets flushed out in that interview process, yeah. but I think people hear what we do and they go, yeah, 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 that yeah. sounds nice. No context, it right? sounds great, yeah. It sounds great, but what we do is tough. Yeah. And being primarily Medicaid funded, there's a ton of minutia and paperwork that goes along with it. Right. And I think that's the other part of it is, is you can love the people, but if you can't do the paperwork, you can't do it either, right? Right, because you don't get paid if you don't do that paperwork. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you, you've seen businesses where, you know what I mean? He's, he's a great practitioner, but if you're also not good at, at the billing and the invoicing and the you purchasing survive. and those things, you can't survive. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, they're thin margins that we have to live on and everything has to go very smooth. Yeah. So talking about taking Medicaid reimbursement, do what? who is your governing body? Do you have a state survey? Like, do they come yep. in and check and make sure that... And so there are specific rules and regulations that you have to, to live by in order to function as a DDA. Absolutely. And it feels like we're always being audited. Being in so many regions and having so many divisions and so many services... Um, so we have a really robust quality assurance program where we're always auditing yeah. our internally um, for service quality, for the paperwork, for all of those things to make sure things are right. Yeah. Uh, you know, we found we have to inspect what we expect. Yeah, it's so true. And because the surveyor is going to be the one that's looking at it, you want to make sure that you're catching it before they do. Absolutely. <laughs> I've lived that life. I understand. Yeah. All right. So has life changed for you with your purchase of the business or were you already so involved that it's kind of been like, oh, I just sit in a different seat now? <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be more of the, yeah, this is about the same. This uh -huh. is, uh, but it, it really has been different um, and different in a couple ways. Um, one is, along with purchasing Journeys this year, um, I also have a business partner, Tony Whitaker. Him and I purchased Has, the sister company that does residential care, okay. which is of similar size to Journeys. So we have around 800 employees between the two companies. You just decided to do it all at the same time, huh? <sighs> yeah, we, we didn't plan for that, but that's how it worked out and, and we're thrilled that it did. Yeah. Um, as that happened, one of the decisions we made as a family um, was we've had clients live, Journeys participants live in our home for the last 12 years. And we decided if we're gonna run these two companies and have services all over the state and be doing all these things, 
we need to step away from that piece as we take on this other bigger piece. Yeah. So that was a definite change in our family. Yeah, right. Um, and then... Because all your kids and everything are used to this environment where you are you have someone living with you that you're helping take care of. Yeah, my, my, oldest, my oldest kid's 13 and we've had uh, clients living with us for the last 12 years. So yeah. it's been the life that they've known. Um, and we miss it. It's just, it's, it's different, but it's, we need to be at a place where we can be more flexible with the requirements of work. Yeah. Right. Um, and then with has along with the pandemic and everything else going along, it's been a whirlwind of a year. No kidding. That's an <laughs> understatement. It, it, it's been a great year for us. We've had our biggest, biggest growth rate in both companies this year, which has been really interesting. Um, I, but yeah, it's, it, it's been really good. Well, what advice do you have for people who have, who work in the business with the hopes to own that same business in the future? Because that sometimes that can not, that can end up being really disappointing when I think I'm going to be able to do something, it doesn't happen. Do you have any advice for those people who are, who may be in that situation? Yeah. I, first and foremost, I, what we all want for our employees is that they work like they own the place, right? When you hold yourself to that standard, when you work that hard, when you make decisions with that perspective, you're going to stand out. Once you can stand out, I would say, don't be afraid to have that conversation, right? Every business owner wants to have an exit strategy yeah, at right. some point. They'll want to retire at some point. And that could look, I, it could look very different. But for me, it was being the person that, that Rob and the owner trusted enough. And then me, mustering up enough courage to go have that conversation with mm -hmm. her one day. And here I am yeah. owning the company because I was able to have the courage to have that conversation. Yeah. Good for you. That's awesome. Well, what do you see as the vision for journeys? Do you see yourself growing more across the state? What kind of challenges does that present? Yeah. So one of the interesting things we ran into as we purchased has also is they're, they're in Boise. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you're already across the state. So I've got these offices, you know, <laughs> four and a half hours away from us. And we're seeing more and more Journeys and Has working together are a good fit. So the debate has been, you know, how do we, how do we intertwine the two companies? At what point do they stand alone? Do they come together? Um, so I imagine Journeys will, will continue to grow, both in our region and then also uh, geographically. Yeah, is there a need for this type of service to, to grow? Or, you know, I, I mean, I just don't know what your market is like. Yeah, so there's a lot of really great providers across the state. Um, what we see though is with every provider having a little different flavor, a little different specialty, um, you know, there's lots of, of individuals in Twin Falls or Boise who feel like, their exact need hasn't been met. Or for some reason, they're disenchanted with one agency and are, and right. are looking for something new. Right. Um, we like to think that when we show up to an area that, that the service options that the other providers, we all just get a little better. We all get a little stronger. A little competition is good, right? <laughs> right. Um, so as we do that, we've been really careful not to go anywhere where we weren't needed. Right. But just identify places where there really was a service gap and come in and fill that gap. Yeah. Right. And just kind of help take care of that clientele. Yeah. So it's interesting because when I think of marketing your business, I, you know, this is a very specific clientele. So what advice do you have for anyone looking to target a very specific market 
And what, I mean, what have you done to be successful in this? Because it, it, it seems to me like it might go without saying, but maybe it doesn't. Yeah, and it's especially tricky for us because I can't go approach somebody and say, you know, hey, your kid looks disabled yeah, enough right. to qualify for my services. Let right. me tell you what I do. Right. Like you, you You're can't... like a little um, fish oil salesman or whatever. Yeah, right. I, I can't, snake oil. You can't go cold, cold calling people about disability services. Yeah, right. Right. So we've been really like guardians and protectors of our reputation where we want to know that that the referral sources, be those social workers or uh, case managers or uh, service coordinators, that they know that they can trust us. And ultimately, we want to be a place that when we're seen out in the community, when somebody looks at our Facebook page, our website, when somebody calls and talks to a receptionist, that it's clear that we're a place that you can trust. And then we just make sure we're out there so they can find us. Yeah. Um, thankfully, we're, we're, we're big enough, we're easy to see, but we, you know, We've got the big vinyl wraps on our vans. We've got big signs on our facilities. Uh, but ultimately, we want we want there to be a reputation. But if you know somebody whose child just got diagnosed with autism, that you would go, hey, I hear great things about those guys at Journeys. Mm -hmm. And that if we're working every day to earn that reputation, we're probably going to be the right fit. Mm -hmm. So what does that logistically look like? If I have a child who is in school, but is autistic and maybe mm -hmm. struggling. Is it school or journeys? Is it this combination? What is that? Yeah, great question. So we, the school does the school thing and we are, we like to think of ourselves more of like a day program or an after school program. So we want to supplement what's going on in the school and especially during the summer, make sure that that, that progress is continuing on. Um, there's a lot of behaviors that carry over to school, to home, to church, to grandma's house, things like being able to better communicate, to respect boundaries, to uh, you think about like your attention span and st staying on task and, and, and all of those skills that if we can teach it in the home or in our clinic, those benefits are gonna carry everywhere. over to school and everywhere else. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we, we definitely wanna support everything that's working, right? Mm -hmm. If your child's in occupational therapy or speech therapy and that's working, keep it. If they've got an aid in school, keep them. And we may, may be one more piece as part of their like, uh, one more piece of that therapy pie, mm -hmm. you know, that, that may work for them. You also talked about vocational rehab. So mm -hmm. if you have an adult in the program, are you helping prepare them for actual jobs? Yeah, exactly. So we, uh, we have some really great programs available now uh, for students, high school students, 16 and older, where they can go have a work experience which is so neat to see people work their first job. I love seeing later on Facebook, they're tagged with holding their first paycheck. Oh. And it's so great to teach the value of work. And so often we assume that because somebody has a disability that they can't work. And that is, couldn't be further from the truth. Right. I, I know everybody has skills and abilities and the ability to add value to a company and to our community. We need to give people that exposure. Yeah. We need to let them have that experience. And we as business owners need to open our mind as to how we can integrate them into our businesses. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So you talked a little bit about COVID. I mean, all that you, your whole program is hands-on and in-person and what has COVID done to you? Yeah. So as we look at COVID, everything was protect those that are vulnerable, avoid congregate settings. We're, we're a congregate setting for people with disabilities. <laughs> yeah. And when we... 
Now, we bought has in March as COVID is happening, right? We're just getting the ball rolling with just finally had all the ownership stuff traded. Um, that transition happened with journeys. And we're having to make these decisions of how does this impact us as a business? And while we probably didn't do everything right, we, I think we came at it with the right questions. We didn't ask, oh, how are we going to survive this? What are we? We asked, how can we continue our sustainable growth? We recognize that our clients need us now more than ever. What can we do to show up the same or even better for them? Yeah. And I think as we did that, we saw a lot of support come in from our staff, from our families, from the community, seeing that Journeys is still here. Yeah. That we could be that anchor in their life. And we saw pe more people coming to us than ever, seeing that we were taking the right safety precautions, but that we were still there on that individual level for every one of our clients. Yeah, I think it's been a really frightening time for so many who have depended on outside resources to, you know, after school programs, just and not in the developmental um, area, just kids, you know, I mean, yeah. what do we do? Our working moms and all these guys, I just admire them so much and the add up, how they've had to adapt through all of this. So kudos to you guys and your team for being there and being the, the stabilizing force in these lives because lots of turmoil. Yeah. It, it's certainly going to be a year to remember. My goodness. Isn't that true? Okay. So I, I love hearing your story and I know that you are very, um, you are in tune with like the latest and the greatest. You're quite the reader. Do you feel like that is your secret to success that you're constantly learning yourself? For me personally, absolutely. Right. It wasn't just that I, you know, it's not just formal education, but it's that I, I forced myself to continue to learn, to read books, to have mentors, to talk to people and to continue to grow. Because I found my my training, the company, the I am so often our biggest constraint, right? And the so, leader usually is the bottleneck yeah, sits right there. It, it sits at the leader. So I, and for anybody that's looking to grow or looking looking to do something, I to read, go get mentors. You need to be listening to these podcasts. You need to learn how to, you know, ask those questions. And what I what I find is as I continue to read these nonfiction books and, you know, motivating and self-help books. It's not that I'm learning new groundbreaking ideas, but that my mind continues to be focused on asking the right questions, on working towards progress. Because in life, it's so easy to just settle. It's so easy to just to take those steps back or not go forward. Yeah. And I found for me personally, the only way I can stay motivated is by continuing to read, continuing to grow and continuing to hang out with people who are far more successful than me. Yeah, there's a couple of things that came to my mind when you said that. Rich Litvin is a coach, and one of the things he says, is, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. So we should always be surrounding ourselves with people that will challenge us. And um, the other is, Tony Robbins teaches that the best university is your car. Like you can be listening to stuff all the time. Yeah, I love music, but there's an opportunity for us to have audible or podcasts or yeah. whatever and be learning all the time. Absolutely. So I love your confidence. You exude that kind of stuff, but do you ever have feelings of doubt or like wonder what the heck did I just do? Yeah. Now I have 800 employees. What am I doing? So every day, 
Right. And I think that's a big surprise that people have about, you know, an entrepreneur or a business owner is we are just average people trying to figure it out. We just have so many more failures and wrong choices and life lessons and all these things that we're just hopefully using as a frame of reference. But yeah, it's just figuring it out every day. Amen. I think that um, people and why I love this show is because it proves that that we think that other people have it all together. And really, we're just all trying to do the very best that we can. <laughs> None of us have it all together. None of us. Amen. <clears throat> OK, so you already kind of said this, but I just want to I want to elaborate on this just a little bit. What advice would you give to an individual considering self-employment? Because this really isn't for everybody. There's a lot that goes along with this. No, absolutely. And there's a couple things. So first, we live in the best time ever to dabble in self-employment. Like side hustles and the you economy is for real. Give it a try. The second is, remember, it always takes twice the money and twice the time that you expected. <laughs> everything, that's so disappointing. Everything, everything, everything. Takes at least twice the money. Everything costs twice as much. And I think the more you, can, the earlier you can get in and learn what are those additional costs and time constraints and, and the extra work that goes into it that you never see unless you're sitting in the chair. Um, from there, you don't have to learn all the lessons yourself. I think a lot of people look at it and go, well, I, 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 I don't know all of these I things. I have to be the expert at all of right? this. Google knows. My Audible <laughs> library knows. YouTube is yes. a great resource. Your podcasts know, Yeah. right? Go talk to people. Go learn, listen to the experts and try to apply it and just be a little better every day. Yeah, I love that. And, and realize it does not happen overnight. Because oh, it no seems joke. like it does. Like, oh, Andy's now this successful <laughs> business owner. Well, that did not happen overnight. No. All right, Andy, thank you. Before I let you go, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners that we didn't get a chance to talk about? No, I think we're good. This has been such a pleasure. And I just can't say enough about listening to podcasts and books and continuing to grow. And I love what you're doing here in East Idaho for all the entrepreneurs and those of us that are out there just trying to hustle and get through the day. Well, and what I love is that so many people that I'm surrounded by don't realize that that's exactly what they are. You know, it, you don't have to have a big business. We're all just trying to do the best we can and whatever that looks like. And it might be a side hustle. Who knows? Yeah. Last time, I think it was last week, I interviewed Josh Packer. Oh, was that last two weeks? Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, he has a full-time job and this great side hustle. So yeah. yeah, it's fun to learn everybody's journey. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Your leadership ability shines through and our developmental delayed community is blessed to have you and your team creating environments where they can shine and their families so they can also celebrate them and their accomplishments. It's just a great mix, the whole thing. So keep up the great work. Thanks, Renee. As a reminder, this show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair with locations in Idaho Falls and Rexburg. If you're looking for automotive repair provided with honesty and integrity, please come and see us and let our family take care of your family. Now stay tuned for the Business Leadership Moment. It's now time for a Business Leadership Moment on East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Thank you for joining me for the Business Leadership Moment. This segment is sponsored by RiseCon and RiseX. RiseCon is an East Idaho business conference held every November, and RiseX is the sister event that is held monthly. So check it out at 
risecon.io or risex.io and join us. Uh, Okay, guys, today I wanted to, uh, I read something recently that made me think of an event and I wondered if it meant anything in your lives. So in your businesses or maybe even in your personal life, have you ever gotten a review or maybe a comment that was negative, um, that somebody didn't agree with what your business was doing or what you said, um, and maybe left you a bad review or said something snarky on a comment. So as Oswald's service has been growing over the last few years, people know more people know about us. And that's great because that's what we want. We would love to be able to serve more and more people in East Idaho. But the other thing that that brings is because more people know about you, the your presence is more present and there are more people that have opinions about what you are or are not doing. And so although we have literally thousands of five-star reviews, and you can check that out, go to our website and it'll link you to all of our five-star reviews. Um, It's the ones that we get that I read that have some bit of criticism or say, you know, these guys are crap, because we do have people who say that, um, that I remember, right? And, And perhaps you feel the same way. You may post something or have a review on your business that, um, is negative and you have all these, all this positive stuff. And the thing that you remember is the negative. And it's interesting that we're like that, right? But I, I know that there have been some that they just hurt. They hurt because we're here, we're in business to serve our customers and to do the very best that we can. And when not everybody sees it that way, or they just want to be snarky, um, I my, you know, my face gets flushed and I hear the sound of blood rushing in my head and anger wraps around my heart. And I just, I just start feeling attacked. Um, and it just hurts. And so, you know, oftentimes, and when I tell the guys, and I'm being very vulnerable with you here, we are definitely not saints. And if those things happen and I read a review to somebody, there's we always have a reason. Oh, well, that guy didn't know what he was talking about or blah, 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 blah. You know, we're very defensive and and um, go into denial and turn it around to attack those individuals. Um, it's easy to make them bad and wrong and make up all kinds of stories to make myself feel better uh, about why these reviews were left. Um, you know, my mom used to say sticks and stones can break your bones, but words will never hurt you. But you know, that's not really true, right? Uh, they kind of do hurt. And I felt hurt when kids teased me or talked about me when I was 11 years old. And I feel hurt to this day when someone says something about me. So it's interesting. But why, why is that? Because like I said, there are hundreds or thousands of good reviews and, and these few that stick out, you know, that I remember are the ones that are negative. So why is it that these comments do that to us? Um, and one of the things I know about human evolution is that throughout history, if you stood out in your tribe, you'd probably die. Like if, 
if people talked about you or didn't like you, you, you might die, right? You didn't want to be different. If you upset your tribe or your village, you'd be banished and you'd die. And so also, you know, like I think that over evolution, we remember that if you upset your neighbor, they might want to fight you and you could die. And so we hear the statistics about people, how, you know, they're afraid of speaking in public they prefer to die rather than speaking in public. Um, and what that really means, I think, is that most people deep down feel like, well, if I speak out, if I'm different, if I put myself out there, I'm going to be at risk and the odds are against me, right? I'm going to die. I don't want to be different. So we are literally the product of thousands of generations of humans who learned to fit in, businesses that learned to fit in, not stand out because if you stood out, you were going to be cut off from your tribe. And that was a death sentence. So fitting in is hardwired into our DNA. And because most of our ancestors had no fear of speaking out, um, that never got passed on to other generations, right? It was this, no, we got to fit in. We've got to, we've got to be, we, you know, we have to play small. We can't put ourselves out there. So Reality is, for most of us, the comments on a Facebook post or the review that we get for our business isn't going to end in our death. But they, those things can feel intense and our body reacts to those things. And that's the legacy of all those ancestors of ours doing the very best that they can to keep us safe. And so, and it's also that voice inside our head from our mom and dad, you know, saying, um, dial it in, keep yourself safe, play small, don't pick on, you know, don't pick a fight with the bully, all those kind of things. And so what I think we have to remember is that that's, that's a fact. We're kind of hardwired that way. So that's the reason that we react that way. But the important thing is some people are going to love us no matter what we do or say, they're going to be our biggest fans. Um, and there are others that can't stand us no matter what we do or say. And even more when we try to be better and greater and bigger, that's more threatening to them and they're going to hate us more. So really there is no pleasing. Um, and the bigger truth guys is that there are over 7 billion people on this planet who no matter what we do, we say, no matter the business that we have, We'll never even know we exist. So it kind of puts us in perspective about how, you know, although this feels intense and it's you know, the end of the world at the moment, it really is nothing in the big picture. Um, Seth Godin has a quote where he says, the reason they want you to fit in is that once you do, they can ignore you. And when you think about it, you know, you think about businesses, you think about um, maybe individuals, if if you're trying to fit in, um, you can't, you just blend in with the rest of them, right? So it's less threatening if you're doing that. And especially in your business, don't put yourself out there, just do your little work. Um, it's easier to do that sometimes than to face the critics, but I think it's really worth it. I think it's really worth it for us to do everything we can to help ourselves stand out, to be 
able to risk the fact that we're going to have people who give us bad reviews and say things that don't feel very good to make a difference and to to be that next amazing thing that's going to happen in this world, we have got to make ourselves different. This 2020 has given us such an opportunity to redefine so many things that we're doing and set ourselves apart even more. Um, and so I hope for you all that this, this can be an inspiring thing to want to stand out and be different and not blend in with the crowd so you don't get ignored. So Fight that DNA, guys. Rise to that next level that we know that you can. Don't worry about those stupid reviews other than to think about, all right, so how how is this a gift and how can I improve? And then let it go. Because again, there's 7 billion people that won't even know what the heck you're doing or who you are. Um, so forget forget all that. Just do you and do it really well. All right, guys, have a fantastic week. And I'll be here with you next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Oswald Service and Repair. For all your car care needs in Eastern Idaho, let our family take care of yours. www.oswaldserviceinc.com.